Fina Cooper became a familiar figure during the land match from Te Hapu to Wellington. Her rather frail, elderly figure seemed always dominant. She was full of fire and intensity and passion. Well, when I was born, I was born at the Krakow, a place called the Krakow. And this place is in, uh, on the side of the Hokianga River, because that's the first landing place of the first canoe of Kupe. Heria te tangata ki te whenua. Bind the people to the land is a spectrum documentary about the life of Dame Finna Cooper, as told by her. It was broadcast in 1978, produced by Alwyn Owen. E aku nui, e aku rahi, no mai anō ki hika, I'm Justin Murray. To mark the significant work and Spectrum's final broadcast on July 24th after 44 years, I'm with former Spectrum producer Alwyn Owen, or Hop, as he is known to many. I asked her if I could record her life story, and she started telling it to me. And it was quite extraordinary, I mean, right from the word go. Here's this woman telling me how she's born in a, a cooking shed at night with only a firelight, earthen floor. She's lying on mats with blankets over her. Uh, two or three women are there in attendance. And her father, her mother, is a, still a teenager. Her father is 58. Tonight on the show we feature excerpts from three Māori women interviewed by Alwyn. Dame Finna Cooper talks about her life in the far north and in the programme The Korowai Makers, Dame Rangimaria Hitet is with her daughter Digeris Tekanawa. Tanakaha is very tricky, tricky to do. I find it very tricky. Sometimes you get a good and sometimes is no good. And yeah. Tanaka, has got, it's a lot of work. You get it, and you do the same. You pound it and boil it and steep your fiber in. In 1971, at the NZBC, or the New Zealand Broadcasting Corporation, Alwyn Owen was running the Insight Programme. It was decided at the time that the current affairs format was more suitable to the newsroom. Alwyn was then approached to produce a programme about human interest stories. Spectrum was born. They initially had a first run of 13 programmes. That was back in 1972. Alwyn officially retired from broadcasting in the year 2000, and today he resides in Greytown. I spoke with him this week to talk about the early years producing stories for Spectrum in Māori communities. Yeah, we have to treat the gout, and people here, there's one thing that one sort of pill they will take is the gout pill. And uh, if I go to the pub for a, a beer, you know, I get hit up every five minutes for gout pills, so I always carry gout pills in my pocket. We played Te Araroa on Te Ahika last week. Did you go to small like communities and stay there for a few days, Alwyn? Well, yes, you, you stayed there normally for, well, at least uh, a couple of days because um, it was best to uh, approach your interviewees, your talent and whatnot, uh, one day and get the feel of the place before you actually recorded. So um, 
Uh, yes, and of course, in some cases, uh, you might be recording several programs in the one area, so uh, you would stay a few days, yes. Now, an interview that was in, uh, in two parts is your very candid chat with Dame, the late Dame Fenna Cooper. Uh, now, that was back in 1978, if I recall correctly. Can you cast your mind back then, um, Alwyn, to um, how that interview came about? Um, yes, well, I, I, I'd met Fenna about um, two years previously through a, a mutual um, Maori friend. I knew she was up at uh, Ngunguru. Um, on a disputed piece of land, which incidentally was one of the battles she didn't win. But she was there in a caravan um, <clears throat> with Joseph Cooper as her minder, and she had a, a big garden there. And um, so I went to see her in the caravan, and there she was sitting up in bed with a crucifix uh, behind her, as she always had. I asked her if I could record her life story, and she started telling it to me. And it was quite extraordinary. I mean, right from the word go, here's this woman telling me how she's born in a a cooking shed at night with only a firelight, only the firelight, earthen floor. She's lying on mats with blankets over her. Uh, Two or three women are there in attendance, and... Her father, her mother, is a, still a teenager. Her father is 58. So there they all are in the cooking shed, and the baby is born. And one of the midwives says, um, oh, it's, it's dead. Oh, she's dead. And my father jumped with the holy water and... Uh, baptized me, I baptize you in the name of Joseph, and then... In the name of the Father, and of the Son, you know, and all that, finish. And uh, Hedemir, her father, rushes forward. He's a catechist in the Roman Catholic Church, sprinkles water on her and says, I name you Joseph in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then the baby gives a cry, and one of the women says, It's another boy, it's a girl. And they've already baptized her Joseph. They can't baptize her again, so what do they do? They call her Josephina. My father said, I, I, I came to... Waving your hands, yeah. or your, your baby yeah. hands. Yeah, going, going like that, and the, the others came along, you know, the, and, and saw that I was a girl. Oh, it's not a boy, it's a girl. My father had a shock. Well, what can he do? So they put it Josephine, you know, make it Josephine. So Fina is a contraction of, uh, of Josephine. Yeah. And then finally uh, she turned to me and she said, Oh, you're halfway to being Māori. You bring a recorder tomorrow. <laughs> she didn't mean the ethnicity she meant in my attitudes, I suppose. That was how I got that story. But um, it was... It was a mild experience. At the end of it all, with the tape recorder still switched on, I said, what shall we call this program, Fina? And she didn't hesitate for a moment. She said, Harriette Panga to Kita Whenua, bind the people to the land. A marvellous person to record. How long were you, did you sit with her, Alan? Um, all day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Yeah, with a break for lunch. My shit. Well, people, now I'm going to marry Cooper. I come to tell you or to agree. My brother Peter, he jumped to give me a big hiding. And oh, it's around now all over the hall. And my committee whining came around me, you know, protecting me from my brothers. And my brothers was calling and all these people, we put you up at the top of Pungru. Pungru there, that high. Now you're coming right down at the bottom, getting married to a married man and all that sort of thing. Oh, they were going for me. See, they don't know that I have all arranged everything. And I was crying, you know, trying to. I said, oh, I, I came, you know, to ask you people peacefully, would you let me go peacefully, you know, and all that. And my committee wine was crying with me, you know, and thought uh, I was wonderful to come and tell the people, you see. But all these people were up in arms. No, because we have put you right up on top of this mountain. Now you put yourself right down. Oh. All right. Anyhow, in the finish, it went smoothly. You know, the committee wine started to talk and everything. And my people calmed down, you know. Calmed down, of course. Then I sent word over to Cooper. Uh, to come and get me. And so we went. He was working, his office was in Whangarei, so we had to get a, a place in Whangarei on top of Carmel there. And, uh, well, we had a house there, still standing there now. Anyhow, I came over there, started a new life, you see. Consolidation man and all that. Then the whole of the Tokerau up in arms for me, marrying this man. Of course, we weren't married yet, you know, just living together. All day up in arms. You know, what was my answer? My answer is, look, me, I'm nothing to the, to the king of England who left his throne at the very time. You know, that... Uh, Edward VIII. Yeah. Mm. He he left his, his throne for that Mrs. or somebody. Simpson. I said, what am I to that? Look, look at the king. Left his throne. Don't. Never mind. I said, what I'm wanting is the land. For you people, we get somebody now. You can speak out for your land to him and everything. We got somebody. Oh, I'm, when I got a child from him, you know, from him, and I used to go around and make fun with the people, eh? I said, you know what? I thought at first, well, this man for the land. But he turned around, hello. (laughs) 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 Anyhow, I had four beautiful children. Two boys and two girls. So when you would do interviews with these key Māori figures, did you, 
were you welcomed with open arms or did you have to sort of always have a certain approach? It, it depended. Normally you were welcomed with open arms. After you had a chat, they saw that you were genuine, that uh, you were not up yourself or anything like that. You were not the announcer, inverted commas, from the city. Um, one occasion I had to wait was at uh, Moria, where um, I, I was with a Maori from the district, actually, um, but we had to wait for two days before we were, were given uh, permission to record there while we were quietly vetted, you know, and... Uh, you know, when you were recording all these, um, essentially going into Māori communities, Alwyn, um, were you at all intimidated? No, no, I can't say I wasn't. I've always been interested uh, in in Māori society, Māori people. I've never been made to, to feel intimidated. Uh, you are always met with courtesy. You are uh, always welcome. Um, they are they are a fine people in that respect. Um, they've had marvellous times in Māori company. What do you think has been the secret of getting a really good spectrum programme over the years? The main thing, um, I think, is your own approach. Um, you have got to be interested in the subject. Um, you have... You, you certainly... Um, you certainly can't be up yourself in any way, you know. Mm, mm. Um, you have to be interested in the subject, interested in the people. I think the, the main thing, basically, is to be a good listener. Um, that's the crux of it all, because when you're doing an interview, you, you have to listen very carefully. An, an illustration of that was with, uh, with Tina, when um, after... She got married the first time, which is a story in itself. A month or two after, she went to her mother and she said, I don't like this marriage business. I want to be single again. And her mother said, Oh, but you can't do that, Fina. You're married now. You've got to stay with your man. And I said to Fina, What, what was it about the marriage? And Fina said, um, Oh, you know how it is when you're married. You know, they're at you all the time. You've got to read between the lines, she said with a twinkle in her eyes. And that's the sort of thing you've got to listen listen for and bring out. How old were you when you married, Fina? I was about uh, 23, I think, 23, 24, before I was married. Yeah. What a life. <laughs> You must remember my marriage with this man, uh, Mr. Gilbert. Richard Gilbert is from Nguru, where I am now, talking to you. He, well, he came over to Pangaru, surveying. He was one of the boys. He was a great violinist. Oh, he can play the violin. Of course, all the girls of Pangaru after him. And a good-looking boy, too, you know. And, of course, another show, another prog- Spectrum program, um, Alan, is um, the Korowai Makers. This is with Dame Rangi Maria Hetet and uh, her daughter, Digaris Takanoa. But there was an interesting thing that we sort of briefly spoke about last week where you used the, another 
person to kind of do a, a drama in a sense um, with my hipotiki. Can you tell us the story behind why you why you why you did that for Spectrum? Um, yes, well, I, I wanted an introduction to the program. I'm speaking from memory now; it was a long while ago. But I scripted a, um, a few lines that I really needed to be read by a career, and we didn't have any career in radio New Zealand. The elderly Maori women. Um, the only Maori woman that I could think of was Mahi Potiki, who was in our, our staff section, lovely person. So um, uh, I said to Mahi, Mahi, um, would you be able to read a line that you're scripting for me? You'll have to try and age your voice a bit. So, um, yes, she would willingly give it a go. So uh, we got her in the talk studio, and uh, she read it. And uh, so I went into her and I said, look, sorry, Mahi, it doesn't work. You you don't sound old enough. And she says, I know. And, uh, oh, she said, I know what I'll do. I'll take my teeth out. This is your great so, so she took out her false teeth and laid them on the table and read it again. And that was it. That, that worked. Yes. A chief must have a got away. Listen, Mokabuna. I'll tell you a story. Once there was a chief called Tamaterangi, and he had a wife who couldn't weave, so he had no koroway. So, when he was asked to speak on the marae, he would not stand up. He stayed seated. And he said, He ao te rangi ka uhuia, ma te huruhuru te manu ka mai. That is how we got our career. <laughs> and, uh, and after the false teeth, uh, she took out her teeth, it worked. It was magic. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Enough, yeah. To the programme, the Kuruwai Makers, um, can you recall walking around the whare with um, Dame Rangi Maria Hitete and Digaris Te Kanoa, Alan, at that time? And what kind of comes back to your memory about that particular programme? I can uh, dimly remember the, the meeting house there and yes. talking with them and being intrigued by the weaving itself. Dame Rangimarie Hitet and her daughter Digres Te Kanoa were both renowned weavers who taught many the traditional art form. Rangimarie was a founding member of Te Wahine Toko Iteora, the Māori Women's Welfare League. It was in this community where she began to teach traditional weaving. Eventually, her skills and knowledge led to national exhibitions, awards and accolades, and international travel. Dame Rangimarie Hitet died in 1995. Her daughter, Digeris Te Kanawa, was also a master weaver. She co-founded Te Ropuraranga Fatsu o Aotearoa, the National Weavers Association, and taught weaving in communities at Marae and students at Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. She wrote books about weaving kākahu. In 2000, she was made a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit. She died in 2009. Just as the clouds cover the sky, so a bird must have feathers to fly with. Now, look at this away. Oh, they did their work well in those days. See the fineness of the weave and the colours of the tarnacle? Black 
from the Hino, brown from the Tanakaha, and this yellow. See that? That's from the Rorico. Feel the feathers. Go on, that's right. Stroke them. They're from the Kaka. Plenty Kaka then, and Keriru, and Kiwi. Good feathers for the Kuraway then. Perhaps I'll make your Kuraway one day, Mokopura. But pheasant feathers? Pakeha feathers, eh? In 1977, Alwyn Owen produced a spectrum documentary, The Kurawai Makers. Here, Dame Rangimarie Hitet and Diggory Stekanoa explain the intricate designs of weaving kākahu, and they take a look around an old meeting house. And when was this built, Digger? 1896. Rangimarie, has this changed much since your early days? Well, the, this this old house, is, as far as I can remember, it's been like this, except in the floor. In the first stages, it just had a, an earth floor to it. What about heating back in those days? Well, they used to have a fire in the middle of, a, of this old house, and that used to keep the people warm. Just a, a little depression in the earth... Um... Uh, yes, they uh, made a sort of a a hollow in the in the earth, and then they lit big fires, and they brought the embers in, and that answered the purpose. Now, tell me about some of the the, the portraits you have on the the walls here. That's Tarahuya. Yeah. Did you remember quite well? Yes, I remember him quite well. Knew quite a lot of Maori medicines and things like that, because he's been gone for a long, long time now. And he used to talk to us, he used to talk about all things and talk and we'd fall asleep. <laughs> and then he'd wake up and sing out to us, and then he'd say, Oh, we'll wake up for a baby now. <laughs> We've all gone to sleep. A friend of mine was telling me that she remembers evenings spent in, in a Farepuni. And she said, people seem to have the ability, you would think they were fast asleep, and a speaker would make some point, and suddenly they'd jump up and they'd be wide awake and they'd have heard every word that was going on. <laughs> Is this right? Uh, I think so, but I don't think it happened to me because I fell, fell asleep when this old man talked that long that you just went off to sleep. And then he, he was quite really disappointed. And he used to say, oh, you'll never learn anything. What sort of things uh, did you learn, Rangimare? The old kuyas used to do their korowais, granny rumo in Hinewai. The old men used to talk, tell stories, call little pucky. Oh, yes, I can remember that. I can remember them sitting up all night and talking different things. And what would, the, what would the women be doing while this was going on? Oh, well, some of them would be singing waiata and talking and perhaps making mats, kits, or even korowais. Now, your mother was a young woman during the Waikato Land Wars, is this right? <coughs> yes. Yes, she told me about her being in the... Uh, Mary Wai at Wairakau. Wairakau. Wairakau, digger. 
She uh, was took part in the war. She even carried a gun at one stage. And uh, their tribe kept together. That's Ngāti Kinohaku. She actually had to go into hiding yes. at one of the, mm. uh, the battles, yes. I believe, is this right? Yes, she went into hiding. Uh, uh, I remember being told she went into hiding and they hid in the bushes and they waited for the bugles uh, a signal or something and um, that would be the the ceasefire it's the ceasefire mm. and the, then after a while they heard the thudding feet running and she knew that they were her own people because they were barefooted so she joined up with them uh, mm, mm. yes and because uh, then she met the other people of her tribe and they wended their back way back here. She had a, a child with her on that occasion, yes, is that right? Yes, yes, she had a child with she her. She had a child and she had also had another lady with her, yes. an elderly woman. Mm. And uh, her baby that she was carrying uh, started to cry and this old lady got sort of, oh, I must get away from her because the uh, ones who were looking for them might find find them. So this old lady went away and she was left alone. And the only way to stop the baby crying was to feed it. Oh, she, so yes. she gave the baby the breast yes. and let it quieten yes. it. Yes. Mm. Now what about um, Digga, your daughter's name here? How in turn did Digga get her name? <laughs> Oh, well, that come later, later years. My husband went to the First World War, and when they were over there, they used to call them the diggers. And then when he came back, then I uh, had, uh, had my daughter, and that was in his mind. He said, when I was carrying, he said he would call, call him digger. She's supposed to be a boy. <laughs> Would you take hours of audio and know what you're going, the end story is going to sound like? Or? Um, you grew fairly slick at that. Uh, uh, your ratio of recorded material to uh, material that actually went to air uh, narrowed down all the time until you, you had a pretty good idea what you wanted to get and um, how you were... Uh, you were going to edit it. You got to the stage, really, where you were editing to a large extent mentally while you were doing your interviewing. You were keeping one, one ear on what the subject was saying, of course, listening for, for any intruding noise and that sort of thing. But you uh, also think, oh, my word, you know, that's a great cut, that's a lovely cut. I'll have that piece. I won't have this, you know, I can cut that here. So you grew um, pretty slick at it after a while. Now, Alan, a little birdie named Jack Perkins tells me that you are going to be 90 in a few months. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's right, an old bugger. <laughs> so now you reside in Greytown and you uh, just... Yes, that's yeah. right, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. lovely and place. Sad to see the um, the end of Spectrum? Oh, yes, yes, but, you know, for everything there is a season, I guess. And uh, it's had a good run, so, yeah, fair enough. Hūtia te rito o te harakeke, kai hea te komako e ko, ki mai ki a hau, 
Shahatemianui Oteau, Makue Kiatsu, Hetangata, Hetangata, Hetangata. If you remove the heart of the flax bush, from where will the bellbird sing? If you say to me, What is the most important thing in this world? I will reply to you, It is people, it is people, it is people. <laughs> 